0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur themed show brought to you by an assortment of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Dave, hello. Welcome back to the Past Podcast. And we are actually an assortment of Spurs fans today, so I'll get on to introduce. How are you? You've had a pretty good weekend, haven't you? Hi, Dags.
1: Yep, flying high.
0: Yeah. Bursting bubbles,
1: helping you guys out.
0: Done us a favour. Yeah. Really backing up your Spurs agenda now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I It was 20% Leeds United, 80% me. Well look, as
0: listeners will know, we normally talk about the Spurs game on this podcast, but I think we might have to talk about the Leeds game this week, because we didn't have one. I mean, that's fine by me. Exactly. And also joining us is, as always, Elio. Elio, you've been in a bit of a rage the last couple of days, haven't you? And rightly so. How are you feeling today? Have you calmed down a little bit?
2: I have calmed down, but I'm just embittered. (laughs) I'm an embittered old man shouting at the clouds. And at the Premier League at Arsenal. but maybe I don't want to speak bounce. for
0: everybody, but I imagine it will make for a lot more entertainment if you can let some of that rage out <laughs> as we get on to discuss the incident in question. Joe, welcome back to the Plus Day podcast. It's been a little while. You've been kind of on and off, but we are all very glad to have you here. You're kind of like, um, and you're like this, you're kind of like the Darren Anderson of the Plus Day podcast, aren't you really?
3: That's kind of how I set myself up. Yeah. And uh, it's working well. Mm. It's a good system.
0: I mean, when you do make it, you're obviously quality and an asset to the team but then
3: I just got to warm up better for these yeah <laughs> you've got to start stretching start before they start yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> brilliant well welcome back it's a pleasure to have you and we've got a team of four today despite you know Dave wasn't feeling too great last night pricey's been off moving house you know we've all been out and about doing our own things but you know what we managed to do We managed to get on a podcast. We managed to get on with it because we are not Arsenal. And we don't postpone for silly, trivial reasons. No, we are thinking of you, listeners. You come first. And we don't want to let anybody down. Unlike our North London rivals who clearly don't care. And they just backed out of the biggest game of the year. Look, normally we talk about the game first, but I think we should just jump straight into this. Don't you guys? What do you think? Should we talk about Arsenal? Elio, talk to me about Arsenal. What are your feelings towards them right now?
2: Um, I think it was just a case of cheating in plain sight. I mean, you already heard what I had to say about Burnley last week or the week before, whatever it was. And Dave and I have both sort of made this point a couple of times across the last few weeks. I think Liverpool were one as well. Palace right ahead of the game against us. They tried to get that called off and then fielded a nearly full-strength team. Mm. It's cheating, plain and simple. They had one COVID case at the time of their application and... The FA have just let them get away with poor planning. I mean, since when have mass injuries been a reason to postpone a match yeah. of football? That That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's And they may say, oh, well, the injuries were caused by the fact that we had COVID cases before and and therefore we had to overstretch players. What a load of rubbish. If they're fatigued, play your under-23s. Arsenal are being celebrated for playing Smith Rowe, for playing Saka, for taking a chance on Ben White and the young goalie from Bournemouth at Ramsdale. They're they're being sort of upheld as some kind of example to follow in terms of giving youth a chance. That's just gone out the window now. Uh, If I was an under-23 or an under-18 at Arsenal, I'd be seeing out my youth contract and signing for free for the best club that offers me something now. that, that It's just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. I think it, it becomes more galling when you look at the fact that when we were riddled with COVID and had to postpone our yep. Wren game, we wanted to postpone it to the weekend of the Leicester game and ask their Premier League permission to rearrange that Leicester match so we could play Wren on that weekend. Mm. And the Premier League said no to us, only then to rearrange on the day of the game, uh, not the day before, on the day of the game at Leicester's request because of their COVID situation, which was a genuine COVID situation, yep. admittedly. But in the meantime, we get kicked out of... Europe so the Premier League are okay to be flexible for some Mm. teams but not others maybe David Dean still has a little bit too much influence with the FA who knows but it's bloody ridiculous I mean Arsenal have just loaned out a couple of players and they've also just recalled uh, one of their loan signings but timed it for after they made the application Mm. they've they've got several players at the African Cup of Nations I'm sorry but if they want to sign players from that continent, they know it comes with those players being unavailable in January. And yes, I know that the Cup of Nations have been moved to the summer yeah. and then be moved back to January when they realized, oh, it's actually quite hot in Africa in the summer. Mm. But... Fact of the matter is, they've signed Thomas Partey, they've signed Aubameyang, they've signed these players fully in the knowledge that they are likely to lose them at some point mid-season. Aubameyang doesn't count anyway, because let's face it, he's not going to play <laughs> for Arsenal again. So so, so this was just a case of Arsenal not being able to feel the team they wanted to yeah. and pushing it. And Premier League have just bent over for them. And uh, uh, it's really appalling. It's another nail in the coffin of all kind of integrity and romance in football and uh, there's no starker contrast than with the side Dave supports who took a chance away to the fifth place side exactly. in the league didn't actually have more than two players out of their teams on the bench and got their just desserts and won that match and i feel like Dave's points will be just as strong as mine on this is his <laughs> passions
0: yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Dave's team have not only done us a favour in beating our rivals West Ham, but they've also just made an absolute mockery of the whole situation in the process. Haven't and you they? know
2: what? Part of the reasoning I saw was that it would be damaging to throw young players in this early in their career when they're oh, not ready on. to debut for a Premier League side. I'm sorry. Sh- shall we just take the Premier League title back from Ferguson's? <laughs> you don't win nothing with kids yeah. team from the early nineties. Did, th- did that not count all of mm. a sudden? Did Michael Owen not actually do anything at the the World Cup in ninety eight because he was too young. <laughs> Fuck off.
0: And the bleeper has already had its first workout. So just, just in case any of you aren't completely up on this whole situation, obviously Arsenal postponed the game because uh, the official reason is because it had a COVID element. But just to be clear, the entire list of missing Arsenal players from that game that said that they couldn't actually field a full-strength team. So Aubameyang, Nini, Partey and Pepe were at the African Cup of Nations, as you mentioned, Elio. Cedric and Saka are injured against Liverpool, and then Tommy Asu and Smith-Rowe were already injured beforehand. They had loaned out Maitland-Niles and Balogun, and then Odegaard is the one bomb- with Covid, and then on top of that, of course, Granite Shaka in true form went and got a red card against Liverpool in the game before, meaning he was suspended. So it was actually Shaka's suspension that pretty much topped them up just to having enough absentees or would be absentees to not be able to field a full team. So it almost seems like they are effectively being rewarded or given special treatment for ill discipline, which is the strange part.
2: Between the available players we had, and obviously we had Son mm. Romero out, etc., and the available players Arsenal had out, they could still field a lineup worth, in terms of what they've spent on these players, £189 million compared to our £156 million. That's
0: a very good point, Elio, and it's one I was going to read out myself, so thanks for jumping on that for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. So Dave, let's turn to you for a second, because obviously, you know, you've seen the other side of this. You've seen Bielsa saying... We don't need to postpone because why should we? We have no reason to, even though you've been playing kindergartners all season. What do you make of this whole situation? It's ridiculous, right? It is ridiculous. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that we are
1: so in favour at the moment in the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite used to being the bad guys. Especially with us. Uh, whereas, whereas you know, it's interesting in the news today, Sean Dyche, he said that we've only got 10 first team players training yep. today. Well, snap, mate. That's exactly what we've got now, because we started with 12 yesterday and two went off injured after 20 minutes. So what the twenty-three is for, I don't understand why. Obviously, I don't really have that much of a gender against Arsenal. I don't particularly care for them, but I don't hate them. We forgive you. They have brought through talent. Mm. So why are they so adverse to bringing through talent at this moment? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I bet you any money, if we went on to the coverage of one of their under-23 games, they'd be all right. In fact, where are they in the under twenty three league? I should have done my research. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Someone else gonna look
1: it up now. But either way, when you think when you think (laughs) about it, they've had so much opportunity to bring Mm -hmm. through players and they have. And yet this is an opportunity to bring through players and they haven't. So yeah. I really hope there's a good reason, but I just don't believe that there is.
0: Well, just last week, we were talking about how many incredible youth players they brought through in the last year or so and how well they're doing with such a young team, the youngest team in the league. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, make up your mind. Do you play youth players or do you not when it suits you? Joe, uh, I've left you last. Uh, I know you've been returning after a little bit of a timeout, but uh, Elio said yesterday that you might need to come on the show to balance out his rage and be the calm voice of reason. But... I have a feeling we might not get that out of you today. <laughs> what are your feelings towards this whole situation?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm just as annoyed as Elio because I, I made the comment in our WhatsApp group that, you know, Arsenal's lawyers deserve their bonuses this year because they've managed to weasel away the wording to get them out of it. And, mm-hmm. and look, look, as annoying as it is, you know, I would expect Spurs to do the same thing if the shoe was on the other foot, to be honest. I wouldn't be upset. If we were able to get out of the North London Derby where we were massively depleted, really, I'm not going to bring up the Zanya Gate, obviously, but you know that kind of scenario. (laughs) Please do, uh, (laughs) it's relevant. But, um, but, but, uh, I mean, like you know, most of the blame, to be fair, needs to go to the Premier League because it's Mm. just not very clear what the rules are. You know, I've seen the wording is along the lines of if COVID is a factor, which is just yeah. so open to abuse. Yeah. And that's what Arsenal have done. They've completely abused that rule. And the Burnley thing, which Dave just brought up, has kind of triggered me again this evening because they're trying to get out of the Watford game. And they're saying that they've only got 10 recognised first team players, but that's, not, that's mm-hmm. not what the rules are for getting games cancelled because of COVID. So it seems to be now who can't put out their best team. will just try and get the games cancelled now. And yeah. it's it's embarrassing for the Premier League that, that all these games are getting cancelled.
0: And a precedent has been set now, hasn't it? And that's the problem. It's, it's hard to just go back on it. And it's unfair on the first team that falls victim of it going back the other way. But you've seen Gary Neville, who we've talked about at length on this podcast and not particularly favourably, and a couple of others coming out saying we need to draw a line in the sand and turn this back and not set this precedent. Because otherwise the league will never finish. Mm. Elio, what do you think is the answer here? Do you think it's just a case of somebody needs to see some sense and say, come on, this is ridiculous? Or do we need to just clarify these rules a bit more, how do we fix this?
2: I think if a footballer has signed pro terms at mm. a club, 18, 19, made his debut, come on as a 98th minute sub in the FA Cup. If he has signed pro terms at his club and therefore his deemed good enough to be earning in a week what some people earn in a year, because that's how much these kids are getting paid, then he is good enough to be playing a match in place of one of the more celebrated but unavailable mm players. So as far as I'm concerned, if a player's on non-schoolboy terms, if he's actually on a professional contract, they should be made to play unless all of them happen to be unavailable too. Arsenal, by the way, at the same time as making this application on Friday evening, did field their under-23 sides to play in a match against whoever it was. Why aren't those players available for selection? If you're good enough to be earning more than your average teacher in this country, yeah. more than your average nurse in this country, more than your average social care who's wiping asses for a living mm-hmm. in this country, then you're good enough to start in place of... Thomas Party, or Pepe or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's my solution. You're not on schoolboy terms, you count as available. And I, th- I, th- I personally think that that would have stopped this in its tracks. Too late to do that mid-season, you can't, because like Joe said, it'll be unbelievably cruel to the first club that does fall foul to it. Mm. But... But really, really, really should not be allowed in situations like this. And the Premier League are at fault for, as ever, being absolute imbeciles. But that doesn't take away from Arsenal being cheats because it's in their DNA and has been since they existed, since Herbert Chapman in the 30s. Just to answer sort of earlier question Arsenal are fourth in the. PL two uh, behind Spurs on goal difference. For mm. what it's worth, we're third. Uh, so, so their kids yeah. can't
0: be that bad, basically. Joe mentioned it just a minute ago. He suggested that maybe Spurs in the same situation would have done the same thing, and I'm sure other clubs would have done. I mean, it's easy to hammer Arsenal, but they're not the only ones, and they probably won't be the last. But do you think Spurs would have acted this way in the same situation? And how would you feel about it um, if we, as a Spurs fan if we had done? If this had been us and this had been the other way around?
2: We've applied to have one game moved so yeah. far. That was the Leicester game, which the decision to move it was done for Leicester, ours was rejected, and that was so we could play another game that day. So it wasn't mm. so that we could not play in the slightest, and we were pretty bare bones at that point as well. The only Premier League game we had postponed as a result of our players having Covid. There was absolutely no choice. We didn't actually apply to have it postponed. The government shut, in line with COVID guidelines, our training centre for three days. It was impossible for us to prepare and play in that match. So... The evidence suggests that we haven't actually applied to move a game and not play football due to our players having COVID. And if Arsenal weren't playing us this weekend, who could have feasibly overtaken them with a victory, hopefully we do so this Wednesday anyway, if they were playing, I don't know, let's look at the bottom of the table, if they were playing Newcastle at home or Norwich, I don't think they're postponing this match. I think they've chosen who they can field youth players against or not, basically. I'm convinced about it. I I may be wrong Mm. on that, but... I don't see Arsenal applying to postpone a game that they believe they can win.
0: And the other thing, you actually mentioned this the other day, and it's a very good point, is that Arsenal will be well aware that of all teams who do not need another postponement, it's us. And of course, we're in direct competition with them for places. So not only are they avoiding playing us at relatively full strength and them depleted, we're now going to be in a position where we're going to have another game to fit into an already ridiculously busy schedule. We're going to struggle. I don't know where we're going to fit all these games in. I mean, the last few weeks of the season are going to be pretty hectic, aren't they, at this rate?
2: Well, thankfully, the Premier League may have accidentally done us a favour in getting us kicked out of Mm -hmm. Europe, because now we are going to at least have a few more midweeks, potentially free. But it it shouldn't even be a thought. I mean, the Burnley game was cancelled because of snow. Mm -hmm. When
0: It could have been avoided as well
2: when they didn't start trying to deal with it till an hour before the match with Brooms the Arsenal game's being cancelled because all their players are either stupid, Xhaka, injured or at uh, the African Cup of Nations because they only actually had the one confirmed case in Martin mm. Odegaard and yeah it's just not even something we should be talking about
1: i think this brings up a different question in terms of and we may get political here so i apologize in advance and apologize if i alienate all of our audience but um It's not about the COVID cases, because if you're double vaccinated, then you don't have to isolate. If you're unvaccinated, you have to isolate. And that is how you get a COVID outbreak in the team. Mm. And that, I think, should be written into this rule. You know, if everybody's got COVID, if everybody has tested positive for COVID, that's a reason to postpone. If one person has got COVID and eight of your team are unvaccinated and therefore have to isolate for 10 days, that is not a reason to postpone a game. That should be on them, and I think that's something that someone should be looking into. It's amazing how many journalists there are in the world and how little investigative journalism has happened. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't, yeah. we we've just like gone. Oh, yeah, Liverpool can play. It. Oh, there were false positives. Oh, okay, well that's that's. I guess that's okay. Then let's push that under the carpet and move on. All yeah. oh, right, Arsenal couldn't play. It. Yeah, you guys are up in arms. Nobody else is. That it was mentioned a few times on the Guardian podcast. No one will talk about mm. it in the next Guardian podcast. No one will talk about it in the newspapers. It is not a thing. But I can understand why you're frustrated about it because, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem legitimate, does it? And I don't know if it's because you've – oh, obviously, it's because you guys hate Arsenal. But it's because there's doesn't a general help. mistrust at this point in time of, 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 of this kind of stuff. And that's just mm. oh, it's just frustrating. Frustrating
2: for everybody. I think you, you touch on a really good point there, and this is about the wider situation, not just about Spurs and Arsenal. Because you know what? Joke's going to be on them anyway when we play them and they're still a pretty mediocre team. And we've got Romero, Son, Dier, Reguilon all fit another month of Conte training, hopefully a signing or two as well. So, fuck it. It's not even the fact that I'm worried we won't win. I still believe we'll beat them. It's the fact that they've cheated that gets my goat. But the point you make there, Dave, about unvaccinated players... Admittedly, without any facts or stats in it, so who knows how true it is, but I imagine the way it spoke about it, that this is taken as a given. The Premier League apparently has a much lower vaccine uptake rate than any of the top European leagues, and none of the top European leagues have had to postpone 21 matches so far this season, so... Maybe that is a bit of a microscope on that, Um, or maybe the top European leagues are actually just being a bit more sensible and thinking, well, hang on a second, the only reason to postpone a match is health and safety, the risk of a COVID outbreak. A team having lots of injuries isn't a reason to postpone it." it. It could be a combination of those two factors, but either way, no one seems to have the problem that the Premier League has, but let's face it this is the UK I mean we're also the country that gets half an inch of snow once every five years and has to shut down so so we shouldn't really be surprised or at least in
3: Burnley
0: (laughs) yeah yeah more than half an inch of snow in Burnley it's uh it's almost as if the Premier League are just treating the whole Covid situation with kid gloves and, and anything related to Covid has to be walking on eggshells because they don't want to be seen to not be taking it seriously When it's not really a logical approach, is it? It's just that, oh, because COVID is involved in this, we have to suddenly look at it like it's a completely different thing. Whereas if it was any other kind of communicable virus, if it was flu or whatever, or any kind of bug you wouldn't respond this way. It's just a straight-up kind of blanket protocol. It's like, oh, no, COVID panic. We have to look like we're taking this seriously. And it's just created these fallacies, this ridiculous situation that just doesn't seem to add up. And I think the worst part of it, I mentioned it earlier, is the fact that had this happened on the morning of the game or the day of the game and suddenly a COVID case had been discovered, it wouldn't have seemed anywhere near as bad as had that not already been the case. And then the final nail in the coffin was the suspension. Because that was what knocked it over the edge, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was it was Shaka's red card that was basically the final player becoming unavailable that meant that they didn't have enough to field at 11, they claimed.
2: I've read since that even with Xhaka and the players they loaned out, it would have still been touch and go. Who yeah. knows how true that is, but that's not even the point. The point is, there was one COVID case. Injuries when you've got perfectly good, very highly paid under-23s. Are not a reason. I couldn't care if every single member of their playing squad, no COVID cases, every single player of their playing squad was injured at the same time. I wouldn't accept a game being postponed in that circumstance, even if they had to field a team of nineteen-year-olds. So no, I, I, I don't. I don't even think talking about the Xhaka red cards is pushing it over the edge or the Loney situation or anything like that, or the player that they have brought in or are trying to brought in but have delayed. I think Arthur from Juventus potentially. I don't actually think that's a factor. The factor is that a game should not be postponed because of injuries and in players being at an international tournament. Full stop. It just shouldn't, mm-hmm. and and that is what happened to. Nah, no, seething. Absolutely seething.
0: So if COVID was a thing in 2006, would we have got the West Ham game postponed oh. and finished fourth? The lasagna game have been avoided. I
2: doubt it, because the Premier League have never liked Spurs as much as they like <laughs> Arsenal. So I doubt it.
0: I'm really tempted to say let's do a section on Arsenal cheating, but I don't think we've got enough time really, have we, Elliot? we could That could get out of hand. I mean, just right down to them stealing our spot in the first division.
2: I think we've already given that filthy South London bunch of thugs enough airtime.
0: We have, we have. So let's talk about some other London thugs, shall we? Let's talk about Chelsea, because that was the last game that we actually played. It seems like a long time ago now, and sadly... Our cup run is over, and we went out with a little bit of a whimper in the end. It wasn't the best game. Joe, do you remember the Chelsea game? Feels like a, a lifetime ago since all the drama. Do you remember the second leg? How did you find that? Um, I, I really don't.
3: It's <laughs> completely gone from my mind. I It, yeah. I, I just, it was 1-0. Sure it went... It went the way, exactly the way I thought, which was, mm. we, we just weren't really going to have anything on the night and it, it was it was just the perfect game for Chelsea, wasn't it? You know, yeah. get one nil up and then just no energy from Spurs, really easy yeah. to contain us. I don't, I don't think we believed, I certainly didn't believe, but I don't think the players believed we were going to turn it around after the first leg.
0: Mm. I remember Dave, you said that the game plan should just be to go all out attack, really take it to them. We didn't really do that, and obviously they got the goal, and then it was just a case of game management from Tuchel and game over from pretty much then on, wasn't it? What was your assessment of the game?
1: My assessment is short and sharp. I watched it until they scored, and I turned it off. <laughs>
0: that, that that tells you <laughs> what you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it was, that was game over at that, that was, point. That
1: was game over. There wasn't any going
0: mm. back. Anyway, you think we lost that over the two ties.
1: Um,
2: Chelsea are a better side with better mm. players. Is the long and short of it, I'm afraid. Yeah. And I mean, there's no, no shame in saying that in the context of this season, but we are massively depleted anyway. No Dino, no Romero, no Son, no Reguilon playing Doherty as a left wing back. Hope I never see that again. Uh, but. But yeah, they showed superiority across a couple of games, hopefully with the manager we have in place, with hopefully some investment in the squad, we can close that gap in the next sort of six months and into next season. Mm -hmm. But right now, and it doesn't take much to close a gap, you can rise overnight and you can fall overnight Mm -hmm. because that's what's happened between us in Chelsea and us in Arsenal during the pot show,, yeah. so I don't think it's all doom and gloom but right now we are the worst side. and yay we've got them again to play in six <laughs> days fantastic yeah. and uh, and unfortunately that means we're gonna have to talk about it uh, in this podcast it as does. well fantastic but football is a game of sliding doors moments mm. and you put Laurie in goal they don't score with that yeah. chance potentially that was a mistake um, it was a mistake from the goalkeeper lorice plays instead of Galini, maybe we deal with that cross better that penalty incident is actually given inside the box yeah. or maybe the player's given a red instead of a yellow because it was deny a goal scoring opportunity um, i'm not saying it was i'm just saying that's how it's perceived mm. then it's a different match but these things didn't go in our favor harry kane scores a very good but very offside goal because the rules say that there has to be one man between you and the the goal or whatever it is and once again it's all very different Mm -hmm. so so i don't think it's worth painting it black over it but at the same time it would be nice if we we'd laid a glove on them across 180 minutes you know what though if somehow we pull a result out of the bag this coming sunday then I would take that over being in the League Cup final. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair enough. And I guess we'll talk about how we can.
2: That's still the more How we important. can beat them?
0: Um, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but when I look at football, sometimes I think it's almost like a big game of rock paper scissors. In the sense that you know, if Team A beats Team B, Team B beats Team C, that doesn't necessarily mean that Team A will beat Team C. It's more sort of some styles work better against others, and I think. With Spurs and Chelsea, it was almost like two teams trying to play too similar a system that they are just better than us at, yeah. and it showed because it's a clear contrast, and it was like, rock, paper, scissors, we're a rock, and they were a bigger rock, and they smashed us with it. Am I oversimplifying well, it? Do you think there's any merit to that?
2: I don't think you are. Ultimately, you just have to look at the midfield of both sides, and I alluded to this in the previous episode. You did. You look at the two midfields, and we're very, very short compared to them, uh, I- Listen, it's it's still something that can always change within 90 mm. minutes. Harry Kane doesn't overweigh that pass to Lucas. Lucas actually goes through and score instead of Rudiger having a chance to foul him. Yep. Harry Winks actually doesn't completely put an easy pass to put Kane through out of play. The sort that Winks was doing with ease against Liverpool, all of a sudden we're scoring and in the game. I mean so much happens inside them and apart from Chelsea's goal I don't actually remember them creating anything either because they didn't need to they, they got that and they just kind of yeah. retreated and left it to us because they knew we didn't have the quality to get past their very good side so so things just they, they turn on a sixpence sometimes and unfortunately that was the case yeah. for us.
0: Joe you've seen us play Chelsea three times now this season one time you had the pleasure of sitting next to me in the stadium I know it's hard to quantify these things but how much better than us are they at the moment?
3: Well, I mean, when we watched them play dags in the league game, they were they were well better than us. You know, we gave them a good game in the first half, but their quality and class really told over 90 minutes. This is not the same Chelsea team that we saw coming into the new season off the back of winning the Champions League. They've definitely dropped a level. I think they can be got at. There's obviously a problem in the dressing room. Well, there's a problem between Tuchel and Dukaku, at least. You know, very, very specific scope, it would seem. So, you know, I, I think the semi final. I think we probably could have beaten them over these two <laughs> legs, but it, it just didn't look like we were up for it ultimately. And, and I don't think it was too difficult for Chelsea to keep us at arm's length. But they're not. They're not as good as they were at the start. I think that's fair.
0: Well, look, we've now spent half an hour talking about two teams that we all utterly despise. So let's talk about another game. So our next match is actually against Leicester, of course. So we've got another game coming up on Wednesday. Leicester have had mixed fortunes this season. I think they're not quite the team they have been in recent years, but... You've got to put them as a team that you would expect us to be beating, right, Elia? On any given day.
2: I'd hope we'd beat Leicester. I'd hope we'd beat them. But at the same time, we are away to them. We are probably all feeling a little bit emotional after what's gone on. I imagine the players aren't thrilled either. And
0: We're fresh. Rested.
2: Rested or rusty? <laughs> good point. Leicester away isn't an easy match. Even this season's Leicester. It's not an easy match. They've got good players. It's not a place where... We've traditionally ever done that well either. Mm. That said, I would expect us to beat Leicester. But right now, you just don't know what it's going to throw up. They're probably going to be a little rusty as well, actually, because they lost their game to Burnley the other weekend in similar mm. circumstances, but not quite as uh, highly, scandalous. highly reported on. Yeah. So, you know what? are going to get off the fence and say, yeah, we should beat Leicester. Yeah, maybe I'm being a bit
0: harsh on them because I'm actually now, I should have looked at this before I said that, but I'm looking at their results and they did get that win against Liverpool not that long ago. They won 4-1 against OK. Watford in the cup and they they had that little comeback against Man City so they are they are scoring goals that for me it's a team that I find hard to really assess I'm not really sure what Leicester are at the moment I think they had a very clear identity and they looked very good last year but Dave what do you make of Leicester as a team this season have you paid much attention to them
1: yeah they've been a bit hit and miss haven't they um I can't believe that that Liverpool game was actually it was on the 28th of December that was our last yeah Premier
0: league game Exactly.
1: So, yeah, they're they're well-rested. I don't know if they played their full team for the FA Cup, but, yeah, that's the only game Mm. they've played so far in 2022. It feels like that Leicester team is kind of doing some form of transition. I don't know if it's a case of, you know, life after Vardy and trying to work out what that's going to be like and therefore playing Mm. him not maybe as frequently as they would normally. Madison's been injured, but he's come back into the team uh, and he seems to be improving. So yeah. I think they're a decent side and maybe they mm-hmm. didn't start the season as well as they could have done, but I think they'll be a tough position for you guys if the game happens. They're only
0: three points ahead of Leeds. I'm looking at the table right yeah, well, now. Okay, we, They've played too few games. keeps whinging
1: about our bad season. Apparently <laughs> Palace are having the season of their lives and they're two points ahead of us and we've got a game in hand.
0: You know, you're actually as far behind Spurs as we are behind Chelsea in terms of points which is a little bit scary. That is the most Mm. useless stat of the day. It is. And I've come up with some particularly (laughs) useless stats over over the years. I'm like, well, let's talk about the table because I'm having a look at it now. And it's hard to really assess how good it is at the moment because we have so many games to play. I'm looking at it thinking, okay, yeah, if we win all of our games in hand, but that's a very big if. Joe, looking at the Premier League table at the moment, I know we've talked about this a few times in terms of where we're going to finish. Do you think it's looking... Are we in a fairly healthy position or are you still too concerned about all the games we're going to have to sandwich in over the next few months?
3: Yeah, I I mean, looking at the maths in the table now, I'm kind of shocked how close to the top four we are with all those games in hand. So we're, what, four points behind West Ham with four games. Four games on them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we draw those games in hands and we're in fourth.
0: Yeah, yeah we should always say West Ham, whatever happens on those games anyway.
3: West Ham are starting to look a bit vulnerable now. Arsenal, you know, we've talked about, I, I don't think they're that great. You know, they've got, they've got some really talented youngsters coming through, but I, I'm, I don't rate them hugely. And and United are just a mess. I mean, the mess continues even <laughs> under Rangnick. So mm. amazingly, we look good when you look at this table, but I, I cannot see us... Mm. Having the energy levels to cope with this ridiculous backlog of games yeah. that's working against us, which Arsenal have brilliantly managed to exacerbate for us, <laughs> and they know that they have. So oh, they um, that, that's a real problem for us.
0: I guess one thing that's probably worth mentioning is, and Elio touched on it earlier, we do have a transfer window currently. Uh, we're leaving it quite late as things are starting to look at the is moment. The Spurs but- way. It is. We do like a last minute deadline day. It's been a deal. slow burner, though. But no, so far. in fairness, if, if half of what I'm reading is to be believed, we do have representatives in Italy looking at a few players. And, you know, you imagine we'll have a couple of new signings, new first team players coming in. And, you know, it's best to have a slightly bigger or a slightly better squad, at least for those games where we'll have more games in the second half of the season. Let's talk about transfers. Let's not talk about it too much, but, you know, Every week is different and, and things are slowly starting to materialise, or at least they seem to be. We talked about Troy last week. Elio, anything caught your eye in terms of potential transfers that are looking likely or interesting? I did. In the talk about Ericsson coming back, for one thing. I don't know if there's any, any value to that.
2: No, nah, Eriksson isn't coming mm. back. It's it's too big a risk. Eriksson's going to end up with a Premier League side, I imagine. It'll probably be a pay as you play type deal, probably for about six months, with a view to extending. But Brentford, with their strong Danish contingent, I've yep. heard, as uh, a potential Leicester as well. It, uh, it would be very romantic for it to be Spurs, but you know what? I'd I'd be so nervous every time I watched him that. Yeah. I'd be the one that ended up with heart problems and needing an inbuilt defibrillator. So I think we're best off passing on that one. In terms of in Italy, I think we've been looking at a striker in Italy. I think it's not the one that everyone's got on their lips. I think it's uh, Scamaccia, who I don't know very much about, but from what I've seen, he is a very big f***er with, uh, I hate the cliche, but good feet for a big man. The old sort of 90s cliche before they actually realized that most of the... Forwards that had great technique were actually huge. But he, he's got <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. quite. I was thinking more Berber, sort of, and Ibrahimovic and Adebayor than than. <laughs> to me to peter but okay um and god i i want to remember sorry you've just put this in my head Fine. i want to remember after crouch missed something absolutely horrendous a spurs fan behind me absolutely screaming at him fuck off crouch you lanky streak of piss <laughs> and it was one of the best insults i've ever heard at football um not sure you could get away with that uh, these days it would be some kind of bigotry hate draw, trying, but, yeah. uh, but 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 skanatch is uh one that no, I've seen. We've obviously got the Traoré link ongoing over here, but there's rumours of Barcelona wanting him to come back because obviously he's their academy as well. It's generally very, very quiet, though. Uh, we're not even getting the usual made-up rubbish that we get in papers. Most of the links we're getting is from these sort of joke sites like Football Insider yeah. and Transfer Tavern and that kind of rubbish. And I think... That either means we're not doing anything, which would be worrying, or it means that we're just making sure we keep our cards very close to our chest. Now, anyone we signed this week would at best be on the bench for Leicester, definitely not be involved at all against Leicester. So that leads me to think that We're not going to do anything this week because after the Chelsea game, we don't have a game for two weeks. That's Brighton in the FA Cup and we don't have a Premier League game for two and a half weeks. That's Southampton in the Mm. league. So to my mind, the chances of us seeing anyone come through the door ahead of next week when selling clubs, probably with players whose contracts are expiring in six months time, get a bit desperate. I don't think we'll do anything
0: before then. There we go. Well, it remains to be seen, we've still got week and a half left of the window or so, a couple of weeks maybe, so long time for stuff to come in. But uh, the biggest news, I think, of the week, I think we can all safely agree, it does relate to Spurs Arsenal, and it is that our very own Eric Lamella has won the Puskas Award, making us to my knowledge, the only team to have ever won it in consecutive years with Son against Burnley, which I think I think we should all agree deserves a trophy of some description. Um, so yeah, we had Son against Burnley winning the Puskas Award and then we had Eric Vermella with his outrageous Rabona nutmeg into the bottom corner against Arsenal shortly before he got sent off, but we don't mention that, uh, last year winning the award. So um, what do we make of that? Joe, deserved winner, right? No arguments. Yeah, uh, I like I mean, the, Patrick. Chic uh, was in the top three, I think. But uh, that's
3: just a standard just hope, isn't and it? Hope, yeah, just hidden hope. No. If he had
0: raboned it from the halfway line, then fair Lamella enough. Lamella
3: was just absolute <laughs> instinct, high IQ, finesse. <laughs> You know, not what you would normally expect from him, to be honest. Just yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, of what, course, that's what you expect win it.
0: was ten minutes later when he got a red card. That's what you expect
3: from him, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I, you know, I keep forgetting that he got sent off. After that. Um,
0: <laughs> to me, it makes it better. It, I know, I know, Elia, you feel like that sours it, but to me, that makes it better. Dave, was was that a worthy winner of the Puskas Award?
1: It was. It was a great goal. Yeah. it was a goal that I still remember. And you know, I don't care about Spurs, but um, <laughs> I would just clarify: this is a. <laughs> individual award
0: not a team award i I don't say i don't take your point at all are you saying we don't get a trophy for the golden boot and the most assists i think
1: i think he might have got a trophy we'll have to uh (laughs) see if we can get the live stream to see if he dedicated it to tottenham and said actually i'm just going to give it to them i reckon he will because they need one they need one they haven't had one for a while
0: it wouldn't surprise me if he dedicated it to us eric lamella loves us eric
2: lamella does love us
0: he does love us and we love him well I certainly love Eric Lamella I know earlier you've got your reservations about his wasted talent but Eric Lamella is a legend in my eyes and uh, with that in mind with us having won the second consecutive Puskas award which is just huge it really cements us as giants of the football world I don't think anyone (laughs) will argue with that we thought it would be a nice time to just talk about some of our favourite Spurs goals from all time from across the years I mean I think it's probably best to keep it to goals that we've actually either seen or that we were watching football for rather than trawling through the archives of the 60s but you know no rules, we decided let's, let's talk about our top three Spurs goals that we've ever seen for whatever reason, and this doesn't have to be objective, this can be you know, down to you personally if there's any particular memory associated with it. We've all had a little bit of time to think about it, and Dave's included in this as well of course, because you know Dave's watched plenty of Spurs goals, you can have a think and try and decide your favourite, but we thought we'd give Dave the final say in deciding what the definitive ultimate top three are, and we'll probably talk about more than three each, we'll probably start remembering them as we go along, but Elio, I know you've given this a lot of thought, and I know you've watched uh, hundreds and hundreds of Spurs goals over the years. Talk me through your thought process in deciding your top
3: three.
2: Um, God, top three is very hard. I think there's there's almost going to be a category for type of favourite goal as well. (laughs) There'll be something that meant a lot to me. There'll be something that was just sheer sort of technical brilliance. And there'll probably be... uh, a third one will be something that you ju- you just couldn't believe that player did it or something <laughs> like that. Um, no, I, I don't think there's enough examples of that to, to tell you the truth. Yeah. But I think it'll be one of the former two, either meant a lot to me mm. or was a just superb technical goal, or or even just it may may not be superb but totally kind of unexpected. Yeah. Um, I think. I think for me, the goal that kind of defined my Spurs experience as a teenager mm. is is a goal that actually gave us absolutely nothing in terms of silverware. It's a goal that, that we may have even scored a handful, and only a handful because it was a truly exceptional goal. Um, it was up there with sort of Messi against Catafé. Um, okay. He's building this one up. But the goal that kind of defines my Spurs watching experience when I was a... A kid was in 1999 away to Barnsley in an FA Cup quarter-final replay. We'd beaten Leeds with a spectacular goal from Ginola and an even better one from Anderton in the previous rounds. Uh, but th- this goal, we were playing absolute crud away to Barnsley, who I think ha- had been relegated to the league below by this mm. point. No more Danny Jewell by this point. And it was it was sort of a soggy, wet Wednesday night, the sort that uh, David Ginla was always accused of not being up <laughs> for because he was a fancy Dan and all that kind of rubbish. Yeah. And... Typical Spurs, we're we're going to go out in embarrassing fashion out of the FA Cup to Barnsley. They're going to take us to extra time and penalties and and do us. And towards the end of the match, and this was Giannola that was at this point sort of having a great season for us, but still being treated like crap by manager George Graham. Giannola picks up the ball on the far left. Of the halfway line and just weaves in and out and in and out and in and out, dribbling past one, past two, past three, past four into the area. And it wasn't even sort of the cleanest shot he'd ever hit, but just then puts it into sort of the far corner of the goal. And it it sums up my spur supporting childhood because we were absolute drosses aside. But with yeah, but with absolute moments of magic intertwined <laughs> into our fabric. So so that that goal just summed up Spurs in the second half of the nineties for yeah. me. And it was obviously my favourite ever player. So so absolutely put that one in there.
0: Um I'm watching it right now, actually. I'm I've just I've just watched it. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just fabric. to cut in quickly, yeah, and Dave, I hope I hope you found it to have a look at it. just to cut a quick the thing that I remember about that goal that pisses me off is that it was either a week before or two weeks before that Giggs goal that you mentioned earlier. The one. Um, the Giggs was in the second Yeah, the line, one against. Because yeah. like, it was a bigger occasion and because it was Man United. Everyone made a big song and dance about Giggs's goal because it was a bit more dramatic and it, it meant more, I suppose. But I think technically that was a much better goal. And I just remember having arguments at school in the playground about that being a better goal. And nobody, nobody went with it.
2: It was a better goal. It was
0: more skillful. It absolutely got it was hand a better goal. Up. We, we need impartiality. Uh, actually, it's not impartiality, is no it? No one tries to tackle <laughs> it's Man United. <laughs> what am I no saying? No one.
2: No one tried to tackle Ryan Giggs. They let him score it.
0: Yeah, it was only the Invincible's defence. Go on, Dave. Uh,
2: yeah, I've watched
1: it. It's, it's good. Keeper should have done better, though.
0: I agree. I do agree. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that
3: goal, Joe? Um, yeah. I, can I just say, I knew Elio was going to pick that yeah. goal. I I I knew before he even did this, that was the one he was going to bring up.
2: It, it was mm. a wonderful it goal. It is. It was amazing. And... And for more than just the skill involved in scoring yeah. it, uh, for me. I think I'll, I'll be more succinct with goals number two and three. Well,
0: Elliot, Elliot, let, me, let me cut you off, because let's, let's go round. Let's go, let's go back to, to Joe and Dave okay. and try and do a bit of a circle. I'm going to chip in as well for what it's worth. But, you know, I, I can't wait to hear your number two. So sorry to cut you off. But I think, you know, let's, let's try and rotate a little bit and see who everyone else no. has got. So, Joe, have you, have you given this much thought? Have you whittled it down to a top three? It doesn't have to necessarily be in order, but just one of them that you want to throw in.
3: Yeah, like, like Elio said... it. it it just the more I thought about it, the more the list got longer, and it got harder to pick a top three. Um, if if we're saying favorite goal ever, as in how I felt about the goal, yeah. um, it is quite an easy one for me. And it is more yeah. as hat goal against Ajax, which yeah. ironically is our our theme, <laughs> our title theme for this podcast. Yeah. I've I I absolutely lost it. Like like absolutely, mm. I I was shaking, and I, I can't believe. What a fool of myself I made, but I it was like a <laughs> spiritual experience, because it's not just that it is ridiculous to, to, to get that hat-trick under the circumstances that he did but it was it's just so on top of them to make that kind of last minute fight back Unspurs-y. and never give up like without kane yeah yeah that, that that's that is my favorite goal ever
0: it's boring but it's it has to it's be boring. you can't and, not yeah. talk about it you you'd be trying to be yeah. contrary and if you left it out you, you know trying to be controversial you that has to be in the conversation and you know to cut the chase that's definitely in one of mine but i think that transcends spurs doesn't it in such a big scale that's one of the most exciting, dramatic goals in the history of the Champions League. Never mind in our history. Dave, do you want to go next, or are you going to wait until we've all gone through and then see if you can throw in any honorary mentions? How do you want to do this? Have you got some in mind, or? Uh...
1: Um, no, sure. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you I'm, what. Let me jump in. all of these goals on the lamella factor out of ten, the, and, the the I will, scale. I will, and I will give you, I'll give you my results after that. I'm absolutely Have... honest. I'm still trying to find the highlights for the uh, hat trick goal for Mora. So the hat trick goal.
0: Yeah, I've got I it. The I've got it. I I've just got to wait. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Does Gennaro get bonus points for his hair?
1: No, he gets uh, no. minus points because he didn't took his shirt in.
0: <laughs> took his shirt off, didn't he? <laughs> and, oh, right, and, okay. But he had
1: a wonderful vest underneath. So, you yeah, know. of course. So anyway, it's
0: funny when you um, mentioned earlier how you were making up your decision, that was a pretty similar sequence to how I followed it. I thought there's one that's just in terms of what it means to me personally, in terms of a memory. There's one that's just kind of a crazy moment. How did you do that? That's kind of the moral one, I suppose. Um, And then I've gone for one in my top three. And I'm curious if anyone, anyone else thought of this, that wasn't a goal that meant a huge amount, but I think just in terms of pure technique of the entire goal, this is arguably the most impressive goal I've seen from a Spurs player. And it was in a kind of just standard game. It wasn't anything special but the whole move and the technique to finish is Delhi Alli's goal against Crystal Palace um, and Dave if you haven't seen this look it up so basically I think it's Kane who plays a crossfield pass to I believe Ericsson out on the wing who, who controls it in the air the ball doesn't even touch the ground in the entire move who then knocks it back into Delhi, and then Delhi does his best impression of James Rodriguez at the World Cup but in my opinion my humble opinion better basically flicks it up turns around and on the volley just smacks it into the goal and it's like the, the balance and the technique in that That was just the epitome of Deli Ali at his absolute best, and I think you can talk about goals where players run the whole pitch, you can talk about long shots, you can talk about volleys from far out, but just everything about that goal in terms of pure technique was just ridiculous for me. It's just a shame it wasn't on a bigger scale. Uh, Did anyone else have that one in there at all? Did anyone else think of that one? Was that just me? Dave, have you found it yet? No, I'm still looking. (laughs) Well, we'll come back to you once you've had a look at that. that.
1: Wow
0: it was uh you won't have to look too far to find that one i'm sure there's a couple of replays of it uh elio i'm eagerly awaiting your number 2 or are you going in order or is this just a 3 in any
2: 3 oh it's just it's just yeah. 3 yeah. and yeah. my my yeah. number 2 is probably one of the worst goals in terms of technique oh. We've oh. Ever i think scored, you're about to say my one. just just like joe one. with lucas it has it has to be jonathan woodgates cuz it won us a trophy, and it didn't just win us a trophy. It won us our first trophy in uh, nine years at that point. God, remember when nine years seemed like a long time to go without a trophy. <laughs> and it was against uh, one of our biggest rivals in a really heated match, in a really kind of emotional game at Wembley. and um, And it was just so unexpected and so sort of... Glorious, and you didn't even realize, or at least I didn't even realize, till I got home and saw the replay yeah. how yeah. much of a joke of a goal <laughs> it actually was in terms of how it went in and how little Woodgate knew about what he what was doing. Yeah. What a disservice! But, yeah.
1: the, the incredible <laughs> reactions he had to have to, to to be able to deflect it from the punch off his face. It was
0: it his, was almost as impressive as Eric face. Dyer's assist for Regrilon's goal against Leeds. It was almost as to- impressive. <laughs>
2: it it, for my sort of it wasn't a great technical goal but it meant the world to me it was close between that and the Peter Crouch one away to um yeah away to Manchester City to get into the Champions League for the first time I went with this one because it actually won us a trophy and Mm. it just meant so much and the Peter Crouch one meant a lot as well but yeah at that time it felt like we deserved to sort of be in fourth that season and it was giving us what was rightfully ours. Whereas with Woodgate's, we didn't deserve to be beating Chelsea in cup finals mm. in uh, the mid noughties. So, so yeah. uh, everything about that was just wonderful.
0: And of course, you were there for that one, whereas obviously you weren't there for the Crouch one. I know that because I was at yours watching it. It was it was away at the yeah. and I must admit the Crouch one actually did creep into my top three just because on a personal note, I just remember celebrating it very vividly, and you were too, because we were with, with Pav and your dad, and just we went absolutely mental. And I think I think Pav jumped on my back and then you smacked me in the face by throwing your arms up, all in the same motion. <laughs> it was just one of those carnage moments that just and I think also what it stood for at the time, like Sure, winning a trophy is, is what it's all about. But the Champions League had just seemed like such a holy grail for so long that it was almost unattainable. And I just remember every season we were like, oh, do you think this is the year we'll get top four? Kind of feels like we're back to that now. But, you know, before we'd ever seen it. And mm. for that to be the moment where we were like getting in there and to, to do it against Man City as well, who, uh, you know, they had all the money then, didn't they? They weren't quite the powerhouse they are now. But to do it against them at their ground just felt like we had just slain a giant. And yeah, that that was one for me for sure.
3: Joe? Can you give us another goal? Uh, so I also had Woodgate in my in my top yeah. three. I, I want to put hard argue bit, with that. Uh, I want to put something a bit different because I was going to go with Bentley against Arsenal because <laughs> that was that was really exhilarating. I know Almunia's El- goal kicking was a bit suspect, but it was an exhilarating goal. I might I'm going to change and go. I've got to involve Bale's hat trick against Inter somehow, Ooh, and I nice rewatched it. Um, They're the same also, goal
0: three times though. That's the problem. It's basically,
3: it's basically the same goal three times. <laughs> but the, the, I have to say, the first one is especially impressive when you re, yeah. when you rewatch that he is so far back when he starts his run on the first one. It's astonishing how he gets past, uh, and it's a really good finish. Mm. It's a really good goal, like, like, to still have the energy to hit it as hard as he does at the end of that run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to do that goal three times, basically, yeah. just had to be mentioned.
0: And how old was he then? He was only
3: a kid, wasn't he? That was sort of his breakthrough game. Almost, but yeah, it? But, but it felt like he'd been around for about 10 years well, by he that had. point anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, his... He'd just been a left back that made he, us lose. He'd had so bad many bad ups and downs by that point yeah. in his career. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, to be honest with you, we could probably do a top three just from Bale alone. Yeah. He's had some special goals. And I won't go into them now just in case uh, Elio is going to mention one of them as one of his. But he's certainly one of a number of players that could have their own list. Um, Elio, we've had two from you while Dave is furiously trying to find the highlights of all these goals. What is the third one in your top three? And I should say, you're know, you're you're allowed to change these. You know, if you hear other people bring up a goal that you were like, actually, good point. I should put that one in. We can, we can change them and you can submit a different three. But what's the other one you were going to mention? think just in terms
2: of ridiculous feats of both technique and I don't know if the right word is athleticism or or if it's flexibility I guess I just in terms of Elio, compor- I, I was,
0: sorry for interrupting I, was, I feel like this is almost like a game when you're building up to saying what the goal is <laughs> just for your explanation I'm trying in my mind furiously just to try and guess what you're going to say I think I know but anyway go on it's
2: the contorting of his body to hit not from the greatest range, but from one hell of an angle, one of the most ridiculous volleys you'll ever see. And it, it's Gareth Bale against Stoke. It's just yeah. you watch that and you just think how the hell did he actually I think his foot was almost higher it's than a roundhouse his head, kick. in my mind it is. Yeah it's 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 up there with Canton on the Crystal Palace is it, <laughs> it it exceptional. And um yeah I I, I just think yeah. uh, that that was Bale going full bail for a few years at that point, getting yeah, better yeah. and better and better. And and that was under Redknapp still. I think that was the same season as the interseason, or maybe it was the one after. And and you 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 won't see many better body adjustments to hit a volley in football yeah. than that. And that's only a world-class player doing that, not not anything less.
0: Because time would have been proud of, of that one, wouldn't he? That mm-hmm. was that was like a Kung Fu kick. Yeah, but last that, time that, would have been on Petplay Stoke. Stoke yeah Bale against Stoke wearing blue I remember wearing a light blue kit um, yeah right. against Stoke I'm, I'm what was it that, was, that wasn't 20, 23rd, that wasn't his last season was it that was a bit earlier than that wasn't it Joe you've got one more to go haven't you you've only given us two I've not been writing these down by the way but hopefully we can all remember because we're going to give Dave a final <laughs> shortlist um, although I have a feeling Woodgate's got an unfair
3: advantage <laughs> well he yeah. got a bonus
0: point ob's. of course of course we'd expect him
3: to Yeah, I'm trying to. I I think the the one I'll go for again, and it's one we've mentioned on a previous podcast where we were talking about Harry Kane. I think we were talking about our favourite Arsenal goals. And this is one that I remember Sox mentioned this. And I think someone else said, I think there were three of us that agreed that it was Kane's goal. I think it was the 2016 season. That one I would. I would have up there as well because again, it's a great goal technically in a tough angle, but um, it's also just because it's Arsenal and it yeah. was a really important goal. It's, uh... You like the
0: celebration as well, didn't you? Him ripping his mask off and like, uh, yeah, exactly. That's of I'm Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> himself. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Um, I must admit, my, my third one, predictably, was going to be the Lucas Moura one, but I knew I might have to throw in a substitute. So the one I'm going to put in in its place, just to put it into the mix, is another Gareth Bale one, and it's the last second winner against West Ham in the three two when we came behind and we were. Just, it looked like the game was over, and he just. I think he won the ball. He actually slid in and won the ball in the dying seconds of the game, and then just knocked it forward and just curled it into the top corner from it must have been twenty five yards dave i'm not sure if you found that one or if you remember it but i, I mean, technically that one. beautiful shot i mean it was in it was when yeah. he was basically the best player in the world it was it was yeah. a couple of months before he had his world record transfer it was his final season when he was just ridiculous and he was doing stuff like that every week but that was i mean it might not even been his best goal that season that's how ridiculous he was but it was the circumstances, it was the fact that it was West Ham. It was the fact that it was to the last win the game winner. in the last second. And it, it's it was a it was just goal. it was one of those moments it's a brilliant you, just, goal. you can't help but go absolutely yeah. mental for. Dave, how are you doing on tracking all these down? Are you um, I feel like we're putting you under a bit of pressure here? So there's a lot of work for you. Happens to YouTube I'm done. all these yeah. wonderful YouTube, goals. YouTube yeah? Well, I'll say what we um we've got we've got nine between us, haven't we? So between the three of us, Elio, Joe, and I, we, we should probably come up with a tenth one to throw into the mix, just 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 to give him a nice even ten to to come up with. Any that we've missed out? Any any that really deserve to be in this conversation? If we if we are we sticking to goals sort of within our lifetime realistically? We're not going to go back to like Ricky Veer and the Ricky and Villa the or or yeah, Gazza was, against Arsenal, maybe? I know that's technically those in our lifetime, yeah. Well, I'm
3: amazed none of us have put a Tom Hiddleston goal down because it felt like... Hiddleston? He he, he didn't play for Spurs. He was (laughs) low-key. (laughs) Hiddleston?
0: I think he played for (laughs) Morricone.
3: Sorry, Elio. That was a cheap shot. Um, Yeah, to be fair. I'm surprised we haven't gone for one of his because it felt like he scored about 10 brilliant... You yeah. know, long-range efforts.
1: Didn't did, were, well, were he, Wasn't his goals majority outside the box? Yeah, well, that was
0: it. That was one of the clues from the Who Am I when it was him, wasn't it? It was the amount of goals he scored from outside the box. Mm. I think we should mention that we, we we said this off-air earlier, but we said when we were going to do this, we were going to exclude Lamella, Lamella's and Son's goals, I think, because they were the winners of the Puskas mm. Award. But I think it's worth mentioning that Lamella has scored not one, but two Rabonas. <laughs> he scored the one we mentioned last week against the Nothis, which was arguably better they more ridiculous but if you, you know, want if anyone wants to see
2: quite how great a first time hit from Tom Huddleston could be Huddleston against Arsenal Huddleston against Bolton those are the those are the two that just
3: sum his goal scoring ability up I'll
0: tell you what we're giving Dave loads here but another one we have to mention even though we had mixed feelings about the player Danny Rose against Arsenal on his debut he won goal of the season it was on his debut against Arsenal to score that you can't not put that into the conversation. <laughs> he's, he's left. Ridiculous. Elio's <laughs> mic dropped and walked <laughs> off. He's like, that's it. That's the winner right there. Danny Rose. Always going to be Danny Rose. Um, wow. I mean, look, we, we could genuinely be here for the next hour just coming up with other goals and talking about them. And, and it will get very boring for Dave. But I'll yeah. say what, Dave, before you make up your, your decision, do you have any favourite Leeds goals? I mean, there's, there's one against Spurs. That... Yeah, what should we,
3: what should
1: we be <laughs> I've, looking at? Literally, I've literally got it in my diary on the 17th of April every year as a recurring thing to message you guys yeah that today was the day that Rod Wallace scored that goal against Spurs
0: goal of the season right
1: uh um, it should I have think been it was unless unless
0: Tony Yeboah was playing that year when he probably no, would have got no, it, it
1: was it was pre it was i think yeah that's that's the hell of a that's goal the one. i didn't see that though uh, i wasn't there um i did see some pretty special goals by unfortunately a player that we don't really like anymore uh yeah. but harry keel did score some very good goals the best goal that i've ever seen not live as in i was there but live as in I'm watching live is tony boehrer against liverpool that was outrageous wasn't it
0: yeah. was that the one where he kind of flits up and it bounced and then he hit it on the half volley off the crossbar because no, they were two very volley, similar full volley, head, head, full volley.
1: Headed, headed down from Brian Dean. full volley crossbar that's and down, right back up again.
0: That was a bit like Bale's in the sense that it was quite high in the air when he hit it, wasn't it? Except obviously further out. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he he had to bend that knee. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> It was yeah. Oh, roundhouse gosh. kick. Just a, just a wonderful goal. I've I've been looking, by the way, in that last period where you just talked about random goals. Yeah. Uh, at, at some YouTube clips of best Spurs goals, and obviously mm. number one and two more often than not are the push goals. Um, yeah. But um, number three is one that you haven't mentioned which was right. Victor Wanyama against Liverpool. Arguably Long-ramed the screamer. biggest thunder bastard I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember that. I
1: mean, it's Victor Wanyama as well. I mean, talk about Bolt from the blue. wouldn't have seen that come in.
0: How many goals did he score for us? Not well, that many, I imagine.
2: Probably just that one. <laughs> <laughs> he scored with his debut as well, didn't he? To, to... Did he? Yeah, we yeah. Had a few I players scoring on debut. Someone he also scored, I think, the penultimate goal at uh, White Hart Lane against Man United mm. before Harry Kane scored the second to make it the last goal at White Hart Lane.
0: Well, I think this is probably a good moment to say to anyone listening, I'm sure you've got your opinions on this and we'd love to hear anyone else's top three. There's no right or wrong answers in this kind of thing, obviously. So, you know, get in touch with us. Uh, As you know, our social media accounts are at PlusDayPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Email is PlusDayPodcast at gmail.com. So yeah, let us know. What's your favourite ever Spurs goal and why? Anyone that has particular meaning or any story around it or, you know, what do you think is the best goal technically? Give us a top three, anything. Yeah, we'd love to hear about it. We'll read some out next week as well. We'll we'll jump back to it because it's always nice. talk about the good moments when uh we haven't had a game and you know everything seems like doom and gloom so dave you've been you've been numbering these you've been rating all of these goals as we've gone along so presumably you can give us a 10 down to one countdown
1: right? well i can't because a lot of them have the same number but i can give you okay i can tell, I can tell you who's in the top two and then i can basically say which of the top two i think is the best uh, I've given it the best score, the same score.
0: You can't, you can't hmm. even do like a top five or a top three. I feel like we need more, um, we need, need more build-up.
1: I can do your top five, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, bells um, in it three times, <laughs> 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 but he is five, four, and three.
0: Okay, which ones? Uh, Let's hear them. Uh,
1: so the the best goal, the best bill goal was the first against Inter, so okay. that would be number three. Number four was Stoke, and number. Five was West Ham.
0: What's put the into one on top of those three? Thanks <laughs> is annoyed. And, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I said, I just said, I can't, I can't go back on it. It's subject, it's subjective, it's your own personal well, thing. Think, but I'm curious. Well, I
1: think, I think you have to factor in the occasion, which yeah. is, to be honest, the reason Mora got anything more than a four. Uh, uh, you have to factor in the occasion. You have to factor in it was away at the San You have to factor in yeah. that he was not. Particularly experienced, and he just absolutely rinsed. Is it yeah. Mykon? Mike, Mike Mykon, Mike, yeah. yeah. Taxi uh, uh, absolutely twice. rinsed him, and uh, and that finish is better than you remember it because that was practical on the edge of the box. Mm. Uh, so that was a fair, that was a good, solid twenty-yard bullet into the bottom yeah. corner. Did you give him
0: bonus finish. points for the fact that he then scored the same goal twice afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because you should. Up,
1: so he actually got thirty. <laughs> yeah, he's actually 10. the winner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but then
1: second is Janilla, uh, even though keeps them oh, nice. better because yeah, it was just maybe it's because it was so early, like in uh, and the camera was so low, but it does that when you're at an old ground like like Oakwell yeah. and it just looks better. <laughs> uh, and the best goal, the best goal by a mile, is uh, Delhi Alley. That is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I've never se- well, I'm. I mean, tell me, please tell me if you've seen a goal like that before.
0: I mean the only one that is similar to me, the, not the only right. one, but James yeah. Rodriguez in terms of the final part of it is a similar kind of technique, but the move that led up to it as well has to be taken into account. It's a three touch three touches, touch touch bang. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Great goal. We all yeah. know that. that game, he doesn't
1: really play football anymore, I guess. Yeah.
0: Wow, well, yeah. This is why we're so forgiving of Delhi, because every so often we just remember goals like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we want him to come again again. Um there you have it. But yeah, all pales
1: into insignificance um, compared to Rodney. (laughs) <laughs> yeah of course Let's, let's, let's That's the real number that. let's one. post that today even though it's yeah. not the 17th yeah day. why not
0: why not you know just, just as a little teaser for, for this episode well it, it pains me to draw an end to that particular conversation because I love talking about stuff like this and I'm sure we'll do some similar features in future but as I said before please let us know your favourite goals that you've seen some of our older viewers might remember some going even further back um, in fact Joe I think we, we might have to ask your dad what his favourite Spurs goal is I'm sure he'll have something to say so Big Mike if you're listening we'd love to hear your, your favourite Spurs goal please if you've got one. Right, I think it is high time for a bit of challenge, Elio. I think I know what Big Mike will say as well. Well, don't spoil it for everyone, but you can can message me and I'll I'll let you know if you're right. (laughs) I want to
1: predict to know
2: what Big Mike will say. I want to predict to know what Big Mike will say. Okay, I'll just have to message him before this goes on. Should I
3: WhatsApp him now? Yeah, yeah, try it, just in case. We've got
0: time. We can cut out the waiting time.
2: I think... I think Big Mike is going to go for one of, give two him a call? Glenn, one of two Glen Hoddle goals. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Either Forest or Man United, which were two weeks in a row, both volleys from out wide, sort of Van Basten-esque, sort of into the far corner. I think that's what he's going to go for. I think he might just go for the Man United's one because that one never even touched the ground uh, all the way onto him, came over from over his shoulder. And yeah, I think that's what...
0: I think I know Big that Mike goal, go actually. For. Is that the one but, that kind of bounces back out of the net i don't remember st-
2: in that
3: much detail I <laughs> <really>. <laughs>
0: okay i reckon he might say ricky via just it's uh, a bit I, I, that,
3: that's what i reckon i reckon it'll be ricky Villa. i mean that's
0: playing it safe
3: yeah you know
0: i think yeah if you ask most first fans of that generation that might be the one um i mean i'm
3: just watching on
1: youtube by the way and that that man united goal is ridiculous technique
0: <laughs> it's a bit like delhi's in the in terms of the move right
1: Kind of, but it's three. It's two different yeah. people, so it's like one touch layoff, one yeah. touch flick up, which I'm you pretty just... sure was a miskick kick. And yeah. Then and then Hoddle gets in position. Oh my, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: no stopping that.
1: Part of me wants to say incredible. Part of me wants to say you shinned it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if he shins that, there's no way it's flying in that accurate. Come on, it's a hell of a shin. Don't even start with that, Dave. Um, Dave, look at right. me it's not as good in my opinion, but
2: it's still truly exceptional. Just type in Hoddle Nottingham Forest. Volley. Oh no, I've
1: got I've got a, a YouTube which is basically Glenn Hoddle's two mega goals in 1989.
0: <laughs> 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 to be fair, Glenn Hoddle is another guy who's got his own list. He's got some some pretty ridiculous ones. There's the one against Elio, you'll tell me, but he, he's got his back to goal and he sort of turns one way yeah. and then chips the keeper into the far corner. Watford. Just, yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous goal. And
2: then there's his goal against Oxford in his last ever game where he yeah. just uses his body to throw defenders left, right and centre yeah. and dummy the goalkeeper while he's actually moving at a snail's
0: pace and runs half the pitch to score. Yeah. He sends about six players out for a hot dog in one movement, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty special. Uh, but the, these were all the goals that your dad used to show us when we were kids as part of our Spurs education.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right,
0: next on the curriculum is Glenn Hoddle. Please watch. Uh, right, so speaking of dads, while we're waiting there, Joe, let us know when when your dad comes back to let us know his favourite favorite goal, eagerly anticipating the answer to that one. Right, in the meantime, let's get into some challenge audio. So I'll try and whisper it relatively quickly because we are... This one is getting quite lengthy, but I've got a couple of questions. And funnily enough, the first couple of questions come from none other than Big Mike Brooker himself. He sent us in a couple of questions for you, and they are related to the League Cup. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. If you know the answer, whoever gets closest can get the points on this one. We talked about the away goals rule being abolished uh, last week for Mm. the League Cup. Can anyone tell me, or can anyone get close to when the away goals rule started? And in what competition? I'll give the points to whoever can get closest. Has anyone got a clue?
2: What are you doing, Big Mike?
1: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like... He's trying to show us up. Question, doesn't it?
2: Oh, God, it's been around for a long time. Um, I think what we might have Park. even won one of our trophies on, on away goals.
0: We we may have done, based on um, the, based on the answer, or part of the answer to this, if that's any kind of a clue.
1: When did you win the... Uh... Uh, U.F. Cup,
2: we won uh 70s. Uh, it was the cup, cup winners' cup that we won in the 60s.
1: The 70s is the one that uh, uh Andalect, yeah, yeah. So you that wasn't equal scores and it didn't go to well, the way So it's after that.
0: Well, unless, unless it, it was unless only it was in an another English, tournament, it, <laughs> it was wasn't after that. Concoction. I'm going to tell Not you, it wasn't after that. It wasn't after that. Any ideas? Um, Give so us a was year.
1: An Eng- was an English rule first?
0: No, no. It was a European competition, and it was before that particular win. I can't tell you who played the net, but it was it was agreed at the beginning of the tournament, I believe. Anyone going to hazard a guess, or shall I just uh, reveal? I mean, I, and uh, I
2: Both games were one all for what it's worth. How was one it? One I thought one. Yeah. One. Oh, okay. So
0: it could have been. Yeah, it probably was yeah. enforced by then. I imagine then. In that
3: case, uh... I'm going to go with the 60s.
2: I'm going to I'm going to say 1966.
3: Yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I was going to say the is he right game. it was
0: 1966
3: <laughs> what <laughs> what's the point in challenge elliot honestly? it was, that n- was, 19- that was 1965
0: 66 season oh so that was a 65
1: point. then so yeah it was 65 but, uh,
0: <laughs> actually yeah yeah you know what you're wrong yeah sorry yeah you don't get any points but that's the well, you know,
1: 1965.
0: you can dave and you'll be correct congratulations and the tournament anybody um UEFA Cup wasn't around yet, so you're I'm going to go for cup, the cup Winners. Cup. You're, you're the Anglo-Italian warmer. Cup. It was no, no. You're, you're, you're getting closer. Cup. It was the Cup Winners Cup. Yeah, it was. Surely no cup.
2: that comes out of the Fairs' Cup counts. We're talking about professional football, right? Not something Arsenal used. Not to something win.
0: Arsenal could win. No, exactly.
2: Shut well, up, we want it. Arsenal, Arsenal wouldn't, even, got,
0: wouldn't even wouldn't even get to, through we it. We they postpone all their games. Okay, here's another one. Staying with the League Cup, can we name all the different names of the League Cup? Yeah, great all the different game. sponsors. i say what should we go round? Should we do like a round we can? Yeah, let's go. Let's go it. At... Elio got the last one, right? So let's go to you guys first. Can you give me one of the names of the league. You can include the current one, by the way, for what it's worth. Come on. Let's keep it snappy. We can do this. <clears throat> Who are we doing first? You, you guys. Team Elio. Carabao. Carabao is correct. Elio. Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you went straight there. Yes, the Worthington Cup. I'm not going to ask you for the years, by the way, when they change, because I don't know. Um, Joe, Dave?
3: Yeah, Coca-Cola Cup. That's correct.
0: Coca-Cola Cup. That was before the Worthington. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Milk. Milk is correct. I thought you were going to say another one there, but Milk was the, the first sponsor. Yeah. Dave, Joe? Carling. Carling, of course. Yeah. I must admit, two I'm of these I didn't now. remember. Yeah, I, I forgot two of these. How many is left? Three. Ooh. One of them must have been for a very short time, by my reckoning, but I could be wrong.
2: I don't know if I'm right, but I seem to remember rum. Well, not remember, but I seem to remember it, that it has been called the Rumblows Cup.
0: It has been called the, the Rumblows Cup. That is correct. Very good. Very good. Um,
2: um, I got one. Uh,
1: Littlewoods.
0: Yeah? Littlewoods is correct. Yes. Very good. And we've got one more, which is a very recent one, actually. Which yeah, I... I think I've got this. But... Yeah. I didn't what remember the this. Capital, season. something like that. You're very close. Dave's, Dave's showing mercy, and he's trying don't, to give you clues give it you die. Die. <laughs> right. that's right.
1: That's right. Capital, yeah. one.
0: Capital, the capital One Cup, yeah, which was between the Carlin Cup and the Carabao Cup. I don't remember it being called the Capital One Cup for very I don't long know. though. Yeah, pe- it people must have been were Calling se- it one season ju- or something.
3: It was being called the Cock Cup, wasn't it? <laughs> probably, yeah. but it got it got with that brush. It's probably why they dumped <laughs> the sponsorship.
0: That looks like a pretty even four-all split there. I think you guys did, did pretty well on that. Feel like there's so, not many Spurs questions this week. Well, look, it's it's still vaguely relevant to what's going on in our world, mm-hmm. I suppose. All right, the yeah, next question is remember, about guys, Spurs. Don't you
1: remember earlier you got uh, humiliated by Chelsea in the league <laughs> last week. <laughs>
0: <That's>... <laughs> well, look, we've had a question about the Cup Winners' Cup and we've had a question about the League Cup, so I think they relate to Spurs. You know, we're we're absolute titans in these competitions. <laughs> um, right. The next question is about Spurs, and specifically, it's about Spurs Arsenal. It's a bit of a train wreck of a question, this one, actually. I'm not sure how it's going to go, but let's see how, it's let's going, see how we get on. It's a good start, isn't it? I mean, you, you always know there's always going to be at least one, isn't there? Um, Elio, I Did saw you write it, this on the N25 well. yesterday? I wrote this on the train while I was frantically trying to get back for what I thought was going to be our recording time. So, which six players have started just one of our last five competitive wins over Arsenal? So our last five wins over Arsenal, like competitive, non-friendly wins, uh, only six players have started a single one of those games. Can you name those six players? You don't have to name when the win was or the year; just name the players. And since I got the last one right, I'm throwing it back over to Team Joe and Dave.
3: That's a very horrible question. It is, isn't it? So
0: played, I had a whole day to think of a better one, and I didn't.
3: Played in one of the last five. Just wins. one, yeah. And in, in, this is league game. so and there's okay. going to be a
0: bonus question at the end, so hold your horses. That, that's not the right expression for that, is it? <laughs> hold on to your hats, <laughs> I think is what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, so they've only played in one. So I, I can give you the years of the the wins, if that helps, although I imagine Elio probably knows them. That, that will help a lot. <laughs> all right, I so mean, it's all going to be within the last the yeah. decade, isn't They're it? They're all relatively recent. So we've got um, the Carabao Cup in 1819. We've got the Premier League in. Sorry, that's not in order. Let me go from there. So Premier League in 1617, then the Carabao Cup in 1819. Twice, two players that played in just that game. uh Then two players that played in the Premier League win 2021. So there's only actually three games we're talking about here. Only three players have only played in one sorry, only started in one of our last five competitive wins over Arsenal. Anyone so three away?
2: matches that we're talking about each with yeah. each had
0: two of these players. Yeah. What were the years again? Twenty twenty one, eighteen nineteen, and sixteen seventeen. Who's going first? Those Not guys me. going first. I mean, this this strikes me as a kind of game where you just shout out random Spurs players until you hit one, but you can put some thought process into it. I mean, Elliot, I'm sure you can work this out by basis of when they left and or when they joined.
2: You're giving me a lot of credit, but am I allowed to give an answer while these guys are thinking?
0: I don't know, Joe. Have we yeah, lost you. Are You still there? Um,
2: yeah, I'm just,
3: I'm just. Have you got to a text think. back from your dad
0: yet? Have you found out what I his favourite Spurs goal is? You have? have. All right, let's let's reveal that after this question's oh, over, just as an incentive to get it done quickly.
3: <laughs> uh, go, go on, Ella. No, no, you throw one out to get it moving. I'm um, just because he's not played that much for us
2: and he's not been with us that long. I have a feeling Mourinho did play him though last season. Tongi and Dombalay.
0: No, afraid not. I I can't tell you how many of these he played in, but it was either zero or two. I imagine. Nope, not in Dombele. guys. Any guesses before I start uh, giving clues?
3: Maybe uh, trying to think. Would Hoidier be one?
0: Hoidier is one. Yeah. His only win over Arsenal was starting, a win over Arsenal was the Premier League 2021, last season. So, yeah, I used Elio's logic. That was, mm. that was an educated guess. I must admit, I had Elio in mind for this question, which is perhaps unfair. But I thought he would use his incredible memory to try and piece together the the lineups from those wins. I imagine your memory of Arsenal wins is quite good. Um, Generally, the more <laughs> not this, is, maybe not this good. The more recent it is, the less likely I am to
2: remember. <laughs> I um, do love the
0: fact that you, you struggled with two games that happened in the last couple of weeks earlier, whereas you remember specific details from games 20 years ago. <laughs> All right, so. Any guesses? Yeah. You can just yeah. throw out some names if you want. Um, Steven Berg won. Correct. He played in that game as well, and that was his only win over Arsenal. His only starting win over Arsenal. Steven Berg won 2021. Three to go. Uh, two of them were from the Carabao Cup in 1819 and one of them was from 1617 so going way back that's when we were good
3: hang on sorry i thought there was did you, i thought there was six.
0: Oh jesus there are you know what i've done on my notes it's on a new page so one of them's cut off <laughs> yeah yeah the question, the question didn't need me to mess it up, did it? It was bad enough on its own. No, no, there's not, one. I'm sorry. i sure
1: what the question is.
0: There's one, neither am I, Dave. There's one from the 17-18 season in the league as well.
3: Oh, 17 18 season,
2: right. So yes. is this spread across three fixtures or four fixtures? It's four spread fixtures. across
0: four fixtures now. And how many yeah. players are there? I can't count to five, apparently. That's a six even. There you go.
3: Six players.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I promise is,
3: you I'm not drunk. This is tough at nine o'clock on a Monday night. This mm. is—it's
0: uh... <laughs> a little bit isn't it? I
2: remember Daggett, you said it would be up for Tuesday evening.
0: I know. I'm only—I'm the real victim of this.
3: Um, oh, this is difficult now. I'm just trying to think who sort of that okay. might have been fleeting about four years ago. Think of the Carabao Cup because you know, cup games
0: sometimes you don't have necessarily mm. a first team out. Do you? So that's a bit of a clue.
3: Troy Parrott?
0: Might... No, no, no. I mean, i like, like where your <laughs> mind's going, Dave. But no, <laughs> Carabao Cup in 1819, I should say. Sessing Young. Nope. All right. It's free full time. Start shouting out names.
2: Uh, Just because he was only actually here two years and he was only actually really in the first team for the first of those. Well, he was maybe here a bit longer than two, but he was only really a first team fixture for about a year. I'm going to get this right.
0: I'm going to go with Wanyama, if you're saying 16-17. That is correct. Very good. He was in that 16-17 win and that was his only start in a win over Arsenal for Spurs. It's a ridiculous question. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it's probably not my worst though. It is close. <laughs> Do you prefer this to the stats question a couple of weeks back? This might be quicker. Might. Mm. Okay. All right. So we still need the two Carabao up. and we need the seventeen eighteen.
3: Andros Townsend. No. Yeah, uh, he was gone by then. Seventeen
0: eighteen surprises me because he was one of our best players of that team. You would have expected him to have featured more than once. And we talked about him very recently in another podcast. One of the ones from the Carabao Cup, we talked about one of his goals today. Uh,
2: Victor, no, I've already said to him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Dali Ali? No, good guess. You no. know, it wouldn't shock me if the answer was someone who had played in two games, who'd only appeared in one win. Like, by by how this question's gone <laughs> <Yeah>. so far. <laughs> Oh no! It's almost definitely
0: they've played in two games. It's just the wins. That's what I mean. Danny <laughs> Rose. Danny Rose is correct. He was in that oh, Carabao wow. Cup victory. Yes, Danny Rose is correct. No, he's been in
2: other victories over Arsenal, which just makes this question even worse. Yeah. yeah,
0: but they would have been before. Yeah, I'm so confused. Because that was his debut goal was was in a win, and that was way before that. All right, so we're missing. We're missing Dave's second favorite Spurs player after Jonathan Woodgate. Mister Dembélé. Yep, yeah, correct. And a goalkeeper. Well, it won't be Lloris, it must be Gazzaniga. It was Gazzaniga. He played in the Carabao Cup game. So very quickly, for a bonus question, who was the one player who played in all five of those games? Kane. Nope. Son. Yeah. It <laughs> was Son. Very good. Right. Now it's time for everybody's favourite, which is the Who Am I game. Joe, do you want to have a guess first without any clues? <laughs>
3: no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, what annoys me okay. is I know one day it will be Anderson. It was last and it week? The didn't
0: day- you? Didn't you hear it? it was when you oh, weren't right. here. <laughs> We were saying how bad it would be if we did Darren Anson when you weren't here. Um, So for anyone who's new to this, the Who Am I game, as the name suggests, is a game where I will be giving a series of clues about a former Spurs player and the guys have to guess who it is. And every week, Joe guesses Darren Anderson, and every week he's wrong. But one week it might just be. But uh, I can tell you today is not that week. Right. Last week it was Clint CDA, I I don't see. (laughs) It wasn't, but yeah, that was definitely a guess. Okay. First clue. I don't know who's going first but first clue I played for four current Premier League clubs this is a week where I won't mind if someone gets it straight away because we're already at an hour and a half (laughs) Robbie Keane no next clue I have 29 international caps Scott Parker not Scott Parker next clue I am 5 foot 8 Danny Rose that narrows it down (laughs) <laughs> it's Danny Rose very good Dave it's Danny Rose I've no idea how he got that but very very good because he's short and he I mean technically he played, played, too many he played for I mean I might have been wrong with my clue actually because he didn't technically play for Leeds did he I guess you say he played for Leeds no yeah. he didn't so, play for Leeds Leeds Spur, Newcastle. Elio's anyway, like, I would have definitely got that if your clue was more accurate. <laughs> is it, is it, I should have said, have been, Rose, no, yeah, it genuinely, no, no, genuinely, genuinely is Danny Rose. No, no, it genuinely true. is, genuinely is Danny Rose. I had, I had that's some true. slightly more detailed clues, including a quote from him saying, I'm not playing as well as I have done, not to get paid what I think I'm worth. <laughs> that, I mean, that, would, that would have definitely, <laughs> that's good. a classic yeah. Danny Rose. That was the one I was holding back Def- for the end when everyone was struggling.
1: been linked with Milan. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. I figured Danny Rose was at least sort of you know semi-relevant given his goal against Arsenal and the nature of this podcast. But there we go. That was that might be a record, good. Dave. I think. that you, I mean, you've got a very good record in general on the Who Am I game, but I think that's the I... fastest anyone's ever got it, unless you count Elio getting Dembele last week and then correcting himself and moving on. <laughs> but yeah, very very good. Well done. Thanks, everyone. I cannot believe Danny Rose is five for eight. <laughs> 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 you don't you don't remember his heights, are you? Um, other clues: I made my four international debut in August 2014. I scored 10 goals for Spurs. I once received a red card for kicking the ball into the crowd in an under 21 game. Um, I've been named in the PFA team of that the was year. because he was being racially abused as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was, was controversial. I thought you might remember that one. That was that was justified. And uh, I've been described by a former manager as a highly talented, committed player with good energy and a real intelligence with the ball. Would you agree with that description of Danny Rose earlier? I would not.
1: Did Jose <laughs> yeah. say that in a, in a moment
2: of like ultimate sarcastic that... clarity? <laughs> I think
0: it was Danny Grimbo Rose Hodges who
2: said that. Danny Rose for a couple of seasons mm. was exceptional for us. Mm. Then he got his injury halfway through sixteen seventeen when we were fighting Chelsea for the league. Ben yeah. Davis took his place for the rest of the season, and then that summer, Danny Rose gave that interview and. He just came back from injury, half the player, and stunk the place out. It's funny, him and Carl Walker, at the point that he got his injury, were probably level pegging in terms of the esteem they were held. And if anything, we probably mm. actually had a bit more time for Rose. And since then, one's gone and yeah. won multiple league titles. The other can't get into the Watford team.
0: They're about the same age, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're exactly the same age. Yeah, 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 it's a bit sad. But I mean, I, I I thought like a lot of Spurs fans fell out of love pretty quickly with Rose because of just some of the things he was coming out with and saying. A well,
2: lot like didn't because they found him candid and refreshing. I just thought he mm. was a loudmouth who didn't appreciate his lot in life. So you don't think he,
0: you don't think he deserves a testimonial? <laughs> as a lot of people are saying.
2: I think that if you're lucky enough to play football for a living and play it for an enormous amount of money for a living, and then you go and Bad mouth the team paying your wages to the press mm-hmm. at a relative high point in their recent history, then you deserve any misfortune
0: that befalls you after that point. I mean, that is quite dramatic, but I take your point, Elio. Um, and he didn't even make it into our top 10 Spurs goals either, which he'll be gutted by, I'm sure. So, yeah, um, so probably- there's that. Okay. And, Career-related uh, <laughs> misfortune. <Okay. laughs> yeah, to clarify, you don't think Danny Rose deserves to be run over by a bus, just for the no. record. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Glad. Glad to hear that. Well, well look, speaking of speaking of the top ten goals, just to round things off, before we forget, Joe, the moment we've all been waiting for. What's Big Mike's favourite Spurs goal?
3: You and I were right. It was yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, there you go. We played we go. it safe
0: and uh, <laughs> and we got it right. To be fair, I mean, uh, watching that Ginola goal earlier. They're quite similar, aren't they? In yeah. terms of the kind of weavy in and out dribbling into the box and and the finish. So yeah, no not gonna argue with that one. But um if you're still listening thanks as always for joining us and i hope you enjoyed this week despite some of my horrific questioning but as i say get in touch with us let us know your favorite spurs goals and the reasons why top five or whatever any questions you have for us or any comments about the arsenal situation or about any upcoming games or just anything spurs related in general as always we would love to hear from you but until then stay classy spurs fans and we will see you next week